worst game of the year, bar none. Hopefully a game like that doesn't happen anytime soon. The broadcast also didn't help, but guess what? I'm doing a crossover with Jason of Locked On Ducks to help ease my pain, so hopefully this helps your pain go away as well. We have a lot to discuss in this episode, and most of it is not good towards the end of the New Jersey Devils, so buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 1.53 a.m. Eastern Time, November 3rd, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, that was a brutal game by the New Jersey Devils. It was ugly. It was pathetic. I said this in my Locked On Now. If you uh, missed my Twitter feed uh, late last night, I get it. You know, I posted it past one in the morning. I don't expect uh, many of you to see it because like I told you guys in yesterday's episode, uh, it was going to be a late night recording session for me because this is the first time in a long time that the New Jersey Devils played on Pacific time. So I don't know if it's my lack of built bar consumption or lack of sleep that's kind of peaking my grouchiness, but that game by the New Jersey Devils certainly didn't help things. We gave up two power play goals. We gave up a shorthanded goal. I get, you know, for the Anaheim Ducks, I get that um, uh, Troy Terry is kind of on a roll right now because he has a point in like nine or so straight games. He is uh, right there with Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin. Also, their captain Getzlaff got his first goal of the year. Quite honestly, Bernier should have stopped it. And then what can I say about that spin around uh, backhanded play by uh, London Strom? That was ugly that was pathetic that should have not gone into the twine and I I must tell you guys this outing by the New Jersey Devils it was the worst all season bar none and I think a lot of you can agree with me in that regards because there weren't too many positive takeaways to uh, discuss and the power play was awful we were in the power play opportunity like five times at one point we got outshot in a power play opportunity I don't know how that happens and we, we only had like anywhere from two to five shots on goal our entire power play opportunities for all five attempts. So, uh, like I said, just a very brutal game for the New Jersey Devils, and it it was far off from uh, my overall prediction in yesterday's episode in which I talked about some of the positive takeaways that I discussed over the weekend because, you know, I talked about uh, how Dawson Mercer has been playing really well. I talked about how he's kind of helped Andreas Janssen and also Jesper Brat make some sort of impact. I said that Ty Smith and uh, Igor Sharangovich have to step up their games because, you know, we saw what happened to Cole Caulfield. You are not safe in this league, especially if you are a youngster. Lindy Ruff and Tom Fitzgerald have, you know, made a note of that. And if they don't step up their game, expect some drastic changes from the New Jersey Devils. It's still pretty early, so I'm not trying to, you know, uh, I, I guess step on them right now. But I, I'm expecting a a little bit more and I think we can all agree with that but my honest opinion and this is an unpopular one and I'm going to be talking about it in uh, the episode a little later but Ty Smith should honestly be benched for a game or two because he is just clearly not ready and that goal from uh, Troy Terry uh, in the third period look I get that Troy Terry made basically a no-look shot and basically fooled uh, uh, Ty Smith but Ty Smith showed no aggression he looked scared out there he like he was just like you know tapping uh, his stick like he was 
just like a little boy out there just like oh yeah 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 okay okay I'm, I'm doing something I'm doing something like like he was scared to get into a water like he, he reminded me like of a little kid that's scared to get into the shallow end of the pool like you know he's putting his big toe in it's he's cold he's scared it's just like what if I what if something bad happens to me or, or you know he, he reminded me of that a little bit like I don't know if you've seen that in real life or cartoons or whatever the case might be but on that play by Ty Smith that's what I saw because I saw no aggression from him and overall he, he made it easy for Troy Terry to either you know make a shot for himself or go for the uh, back door because it was a two-on-one odd man rush in favor of the of the Anaheim Ducks so I said in yesterday's episode that the Ducks weren't so mighty anymore but they they sure were mighty tonight so uh, I, I really don't want to discuss this game alone, so that's why I brought in Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks to have a full-on uh, discussion and reaction episode from tonight's matchup. So we recorded this episode uh, shortly after the game was over, so all of our ideas were fresh, and we also talked about the broadcast. So uh, on my end of the broadcast, I watched on ESPN Plus because it, it, it was exclusive there. Just not a good broadcast. I tried defending uh, the broadcast at first, but as it went on, it just got heavily worse, and they just missed some stats, and it just seemed very lethargic. And like I told you guys, you know, this is a late night game for us Devils fans to be watching our team play, so we we kind of need the energy. And then uh, Jason Hernandez told me he actually listened to the Spanish broadcast of it, and he made it sound quite interesting. And he brought up a few talking points and trying to diversify hockey a little bit more on the Spanish side of things. So we talked about. That as well, but we gave the good, the bad, the ugly, and overall our initial reactions from the game, and also what does this mean for our respective teams. And like I said, I bring up a few talking points that I've discussed in previous episodes, just because it, it was proven in today's game that a lot of things need to change. So before we bring in Jason of Locked On Ducks to have that discussion, I want to give you guys the first live read this morning, and it comes from Direct TV. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream and it brings you live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And now the second live read this morning comes from betonline.ag. Hopefully you did not bet on this uh, Devils game. So we're back and better than ever. A new web interface to start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile device website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. By the way, for any of you who bet on the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. Uh, I, I don't know how much money you won, but congratulations. So don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your gambling needs there as well. So uh, I think I've talked long enough. I've given my initial reactions. So let's talk to Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks to discuss this game. Let's take it away. Okay, it's time for a post-game reaction from 
Jason Hernandez of Locked on Ducks. So the first time that we're doing a crossover and we're actually talking about a game and not like the Lakers or video games or shoes or things of that nature, we're actually talking about the, the actual is. game that just played between the Anaheim Ducks and the New Jersey Devils. So first and foremost, Jason, how you doing? It's it's pretty uh, late here on the East Coast, but uh, over where you're in, it's like, you know, not even midnight. So how you doing? No. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. That was a well-rounded game by the Ducks. You love to see it. Or, Trey, just say it. Just say it. I hate everything, and I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a different experience of the game than you did for multiple reasons. Uh, first off, great job by John Gibson. This is going to go unnoticed because of Troy Terry and Ryan Getzloff. But there was a lot of high danger chances New Jersey had. They had a couple of up-close chances. And they, they were just stonewalled by John Gibson, his first shot of the season. And I think he did a solo job. Yeah, he was one of the uh, three stars of the game. He was the uh, third star. And, yeah, you're right. Because on one instance that comes to mind is that the New Jersey Devils, there was a loose puck and Gibson didn't see it. So all it took was just the New Jersey Devils just to nudge it in just a little bit to not get shut out. But obviously that did not happen. So you're absolutely right. That's something I wanted to talk about, which was the goaltending, because, you know, Gibson did play one hell of a game, unfortunately. Like, you know, like you said, what Terry was able to do getting two goals and what Getzlaff was able to do by getting the uh, first uh, goal on the board. And also, I believe he chipped in with a couple of assists as well. I think he mm-hmm. had like three points total this game, which is fantastic. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's going to go unnoticed, but you know, we noticed it at, that Gibson did have a um, did did indeed have a a good outing and showing for the Ducks. And on the other side, for Jonathan Bernier, you know, not his best performance, no. but at the same time, I'm not going to put the blame on um, Jonathan Bernier. Now, you know. Am I going to blame him for a few things? Yeah. So that gets left goal to get things going. He really should have stopped that. I, I get that was a strong shot, but no way that should go five hole from where gets was at. But, you know, I'm not going to put the blame on Jonathan Bernier. I'm not even going to say he's one of the reasons why the New Jersey Devils lost. But, you know, I, I don't think Bernier really helped in our in our case. But, you know, it was either him or um, Mackenzie Blackwood and Mackenzie Blackwood right now still has not played in his first regular season game this season because he's uh, coming back from uh, recovering from heel surgery that he had over the off season. Mm-hmm. So uh, we knew that Mackenzie Blackwood is going to uh, be available this week. We just don't know which game I think it's going to come against the Kings game, which will be on Friday for us. So I think, I think for us, it's just going to um, we're, we're just waiting for Mackenzie Blackwood to return and just be big Mac or, the Great Wall of China, what whatever we need, because for right now, goaltending is an issue because we've had to rely on Nico Dawes, uh, Scott Wedgwood, and a pretty banged up Jonathan Bernier, to say the least. So, um, yeah, so kudos to you guys on the goaltending. Uh, and John, like said, John Gibson's always been an elite goalie. We just don't see it all the time because of the lousy defense that have usually been in front of him. And even the patchwork defense, or sorry, the patchwork defense the Ducks have in front of them right now where they've lost a couple of guys to injury. And right now, it, mm, it's the old guys doing it. <laughs> it's not the young guys right now. It's guys like Kevin Shattenkirk. Would you believe Kevin Shattenkirk is leading the National Hockey League in points for defensemen with 11 points? 11 points! He's, he's almost matched last season's point total. Shatty had 15 points. 
all of last season, all of last season, 11 points, 11 games. What, what year is this? Uh, 2021 about to become 2022. <laughs> if you needed an exact answer, but no, you're preaching to the choir, man, because uh, last year, Mackenzie Blackwood actually did pretty well in post. Unfortunately, the defense in front of him wasn't really that good. And Jonathan Bernier was kind of in the same situation last year with the Detroit Red Wings because Detroit Red Wings, they had like, I believe one of the bottom tier defenses in all of the league and Jonathan Bernier got little to no help. But, you know, with the defense that's uh, given to him this time around, uh, he, he should be doing better. Like he did better in his first few outings. And I got to yeah. give credit when credit is due. I believe he's won his first uh, three games and this is his first loss of the year. But, you know, for, for Jonathan Bernier, it, it, you know, I, I, I will blame the rest of the team, but he didn't really help us in this, in this instance. But no, Jason, you are preaching well, to the choir. I'm going to give Bernie a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on the first power play goal because I thought that Cinema Milano did a perfect job of screening out Bernier where Getzloff had that puck on the point. And if you look at the secondary replay, he, Bernier had no chance of seeing that puck because Milano was just hounding him out in front and Milano moved back and forth. He kind of had a sixth sense as to where Bernier was, right? And he was completely screened out, so he couldn't see the goal. That one, I will not give to Bernier, or I won't blame Bernier. I will say Milano did a fantastic, or sorry, Milano, as the Spanish announcer called him. Um, he did a good job, good job screening. The Lundestrom goal, the shorthanded goal. Oh, that, that was that was terrible. I was like, that oh one my, Bernier should have oh, gotten. Oh my <laughs> goodness, uh, New Jersey Devils. So uh, Lundestrom does a spin move on Jesper Brat and hits a weak backhander and somehow, some way, that finds the twine. I had a heart attack. I was like, oh my goodness, Bernier Devils, no. That was you should have heard Irwin announced that one he couldn't believe what he was seeing he he called it magical it was kind of a magical, magical goal for because... us what magical was that <laughs> that was a spinner like a spinorama whirling dervish i i don't know what kind of move that was but he got it in and lundestrom by the way nine points this season kind of going unnoticed right now well, well compared to getzloff and troy terry well, uh, speaking of Troy Terry, it's worth mentioning that he has the longest point streak in the NHL uh, currently alongside with Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin. So that's a lead company because Alexander Ovechkin and Connor McDavid, two of uh, the best players to ever play the sport of hockey. Uh, yeah, I get it. Like nine straight games or so. But, you know, the, the scary Terry, I guess. It's about, it's about to be 10 because they're going to play Arizona next. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's about- <laughs> Definitely probably going to be the 10. Yes. You're playing the Coyotes. But this game was just an absolute uh, crap fest for the New Jersey Devils. Now, I know you have a different perspective on this, but I just need to address the elephant in the room. I'm not going to do this um, th- this crossover with you and pretend that uh, th- this is you know not an issue. We need to talk about the broadcasting, or I need to talk about the broadcasting. You could talk about it because I had a completely different experience. Okay. Okay. Look, look, I am one of the few African-American play-by-play announcers in the entire country. Me and Everett Fitzhugh, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, uh, change the game. And, you know, th- this comes out of me being unbiased. This comes out of me just giving my perspective and my opinion. So before anyone comes at me uh, on Twitter, whatever the case might be, 
you know, I, I'm just, I'm entitled to my opinion. So Leah uh, Hextall was a, mm-hmm. I tried defending her at first. I tried saying like, you know, I don't want to see any slander of her on my timeline. You know, let, let, let's uh, keep the broadcast positive. She was awful. She was not good. And, you know, she, she just had no energy. It was very monotone. And it's one of the issues that I have. My favorite baseball team is the Detroit Tigers. It's the same issue I have with Matt Shepard doing the play-by-play for the Detroit Tigers. It's just like, you know, there, there's no buildup. It's very monotone. And when something happens, you go from like zero to 10 real quick, you know, in the words of Drake or, or no, zero to a hundred real quick. There we go. There we go. But um, she was just not good. And she called Pavel uh, Zaka, Pavel Zuka. And, <clears throat> And here's the thing, Dougie Hamilton got injured in the first period with a lower body injury, which I will talk right. about in a later full-fledged episode. ESPN didn't talk about that until the third period. He was out at the eight-minute mark in the first period. And this is not getting talked about until really the third period. Seriously. They talked about it in the second period on the broadcast that I was listening to, by the well, way. You're, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Jason Hernandez was listening to the Spanish vers- version of this game. Orale. Um, <laughs> Me gusta eso, mi amigo. Sí, señor. Sí se puede. <laughs> or, or as I said, vamos a jugar. I was ready for this game. Big time. I was ready for this game, too, because all the slander I gave you during the course of the offseason with Scott uh, Stevens just saying, y- y'all ain't so mighty, making fun of uh, the injuries he's given to your guys. I was ready for this game and to do a lot of trash talking, but... Uh, even the clown gets uh, clowns sometimes, but yeah, but you know, I just want to talk yeah, about. I, but I'm I'm glad you oh, listened I, to it on a different broadcast. Oh, I want to talk about the Spanish broadcast because they did bring up on one of the intermission reports that they would love to see more of these kind of games because this is an untapped market. It's Southern California. We have a tremendous Latino fan base here in Southern California that are Kings fans and Ducks fans, and hearing Erwin Higueros. Jesse Bertran tonight. Uh, last season, it was, or sorry, two years ago, it was Jesus Serate. This time it's Jesse Beltran. But Erwin Igueros, he was the one who two years ago said, uh, Gol, el Capitan. He brought back that nickname maybe for the first two minutes or three minutes. He said Ryan Getzloff. As soon as Getzi scored that goal, he had the new nickname. He didn't call him by Ryan, he called him. Capitan Getzlaff for the entire game. And I was all about it. And I could kind of hear like a little bit of chuckling, like, hey, that's a good, like, we need to stick with that for the whole game. And he did. He stuck with it. So good for Irwin to really just bring up the point that we need more of these games. We need more, I guess, Mexican heritage games. Maybe just a few games per season. Get it out there. Get the exposure for the Latin American announcers out there. Because as you, like you mentioned, there's not many African-American announcers. There's not many Mexican announcers either. I mean, it's Southern California, y'all. We should have more than just Dia de Muertos, more than just the one game of Patos de Anaheim. This should be at least a few games a season. Kind of like what the LA Kings are doing, where they have Francisco X Rivera for a few games a season. This is the kind of stuff that I love to see. I was all about that broadcast. Oh, and by the way, when you're a Mexican announcer and someone scores a goal, you're going to at least once get the long, 
goal call like in like in soccer yes like in soccer it was amazing talvez derbia haber uh s uh cuchado to transmission was that good was that good that was good that was good okay for anyone who doesn't speak spanish i said maybe i should have listened to your broadcast in my best spanish um interpretation like like i said spanish is not my strong suit but you know i tried my best well you know how you know what they call a puck in spanish what disco disco yep uh they use so because there are no exact words for a lot of the hockey terminology they have to use descriptive language and one of my favorite ones they use disco for puck which i think is really cool i did not know that so you learn something new every day but I, yeah, like I said, I should have listened to your broadcast because listening to to Leah, like you know, I I I gave her a chance. I defended her on Twitter. I since then deleted the tweet because I'm just like, oh my god, this is not this is not good. And like I said, I'm not trying to slander her. I'm not trying to you know uh, say like she shouldn't be doing hockey. I'm just saying she wasn't the best announcer for this game. And you know, I love the fact that ESPN is back in the NHL. I, I'm glad that um, the NHL is doing things like this, which is making the Ducks and the Devils game featured on ESPN Plus. So that way, you know, you you, you can watch it. And luckily I had a subscription and I, I watched it. But at the same time, it was just it, it wasn't a good broadcast. And, and that's just me being honest. And, you know, thank God I have my extreme Mexican heritage, because as soon as the game started, boom. Mute ESPN Plus, put on the Spanish. Lucky you. I'll go old school here for the Laker fans. It's kind of like back in the early 2000s when you had Bob Costas doing the NBA Finals, but all the real Laker fans listen to Chick Hearn on the radio, Chick and Stew. So that's for you old school Laker fans there. I don't think there are many Laker fans in the New Jersey Devil fan base, but you know. (laughs) There certainly are here in SoCal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're on the West coast, which I need to visit sometime now. um, I don't know where to start for the, for the devils because we gave up two power play goals. So, you know, the, the, the first goal we gave up to Getzlaff, I said, Bernier should have had that because, you know, Getzlaff was, I believe on top of the faceoff circle, let a shot fire mm-hmm. and it went five hole on uh, Bernier. Yeah. But and- Bernier couldn't see it. <laughs> Yeah, Bernier just didn't see it. He missed it, and that's not good. Then Troy Terry, um, you know, it was a five-on-three, so I'll give Bernier the benefit of the doubt here because Terry went back door on him and, and scored. Uh, yeah, and like, brilliant pass by Getzloff there, too. Yeah, Getzloff made one heck of a pass, and and Terry, scary Terry, as we're going to call him for this uh, crossover, just went on the back door of Bernier, and it's 2 nothing. and then – Troy Terry, uh, once again, uh, he was able to get into the odd man rush. He fooled uh, Ty Smith. And by the way, I talked about this in my show. I think Ty Smith needs to be benched for a game because he's just not ready. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not a popular opinion, but this is my this is my honest opinion. Ty Smith missed training camp. He missed the scrimmages and we just threw him into the fire right away. I even said this as a disclaimer when he was set to return, I said, do not expect a triumphant return because it's going to take him a while because I don't even think he, he didn't even finish off the season last year. He missed the final like nine or so games due to injury. So it's been a while while since he's played. So I just said, I think you need to bench him for a game or two. So that way he can get his his legs under him and watch some more film. So that way he could get back out there. Cause I feel like we rushed him. 
I'm not saying send him down. I'm not saying let's do a Cole Caulfield kind of thing and send him down. But his Corsi four percentage is not good. Yeah, on that goal by Terry, that was a great play by Terry. He fooled Ty Smith. Like he looked one way and did a no look shot. It looks like. Yeah, on the eye test, he looked like he was getting beat all night long, where he was getting beat on odd man rushes. He was getting beat on the corners. When there was the 50-50 pucks, those 50-50s, he was getting beat on those too. So maybe you're onto something here. Maybe he just needs to get his legs under him. Maybe a little bit of the dreaded conditioning word that we hate to see, but maybe it's something like that. I mean, look what happened in Montreal, for example. Montreal just sent down Cole Caulfield. I talked They're- about this in my show. I said, look, if Ty Smith or Sharon Govich don't step up, the Devils will have no problem like demoting them or sending them down even as a drastic measure. Yeah, the and- Ducks the Ducks have this issue too with, believe it or not, Max Comtois. Remember, he led the Ducks in points last season. And because he is waivers exempt, he can get sent down to San Diego, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Maybe he might. But Comtois has struggled the first part of the season, too. So we're kind of seeing a similar trajectory here. Yeah, and like I said, I love Ty Smith, and I love Sharon Govich. Uh, Igor Sharon Govich is my favorite player on the New Jersey Devils uh, roster. I even named my show a couple times Locked on Sharon Govich after he scored his game-winning goal against the Boston Bruins, and I just love the sound of his last name, and (laughs) I just love his story. But he is not – he still doesn't have his first goal of the year. And I guaranteed in my last episode, I said Sharon Govich will either score this game or the next game, and I guarantee it. But now, now I'm starting to sweat bullets, and it's not looking too good now. Oh, <clears throat> by the way, I made a bold prediction on my podcast this morning. I said, watch Ryan Getzloff score a goal. I, I said on the podcast Tuesday morning that Ryan Getzloff would score his first goal against the Devils, and I even apologized. I said, sorry. Kind of it, kind of your way, like sorry, Trey, but Gesloff's gonna score his first <laughs> against the Devils again. I'm so sorry. I'm I sorry. Hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate everything, and I hate it here. I hate everything here. I'm I'm sorry that I was so accurate in my prediction right there. Well, I've been writing a couple of my predictions as well, and I I, I even called you guys the not so mighty ducks uh, in, in today's show because you know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have been smarter. Should have been smarter. Should have been more humble. I didn't think about, I, I didn't think Terry would have like a, the game that he he had or, or, but, but, you know, I knew he was having a good streak and all, but I just said, you know, let's not worry about that. Let's focus on the good that the New Jersey Devils oh, have been doing. Him shooting 30% is not going to be sustainable for the entire season. Let's just put that out there right yeah, now. I, I just said, it, it's going to be a matter of time before, you know, he returns back to earth. I said, why not the Devils do that? And oh, I, my I, favorite phrase. He's, he'll turn into a pumpkin soon. And <laughs> I even said, like, you know, I, I even talked about some of the good players that that stepped up, like, you know, Andreas Janssen, uh, Dawson Mercer, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and yes, for Brat, because Brat was able to get a, a few points the, his last few or so games. Then Janssen is already on pace to blow uh, what he did last year out the door. Cause, cause he only had like 11 points last year and he's well on the pace to break that. He might break that uh, within the next few or so games. And then Dawson Mercer, I even said it in the, the first period, I said, I love his aggressiveness, even though it wasn't resulting in anything. I just loved his heart. And that was one of the things that, um, that was one of the things I was focusing on. I was just like, let's see if Dawson Mercer can be the catalyst because it, it seems like uh, more it's cider. And then, um, 
also uh, Lucas Raymond out in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're the front runners to um, to to win the Calder Memorial Trophy. Quite honestly, but I said don't count out Dawson Mercer because he's also tops in a few other categories, and he has a narrative saying like you know Jack Hughes is out and he's keeping the Devils afloat. But I must say, Jason, right now I know it's early in the season. Knock on wood, I'm really concerned for the Devils right now because we're we're without Jack Hughes for the next month or so. Uh, we're not going to see Miles Wood until 2022, let's be honest. And now Dougie Hamilton is out with a lower body injury. Yeah. And the Devils always underestimate the severity of their injuries because Miles Wood went from bumps and bruises to you now. Know what you, should, you know what you should be really concerned about right now? You should be concerned about the power play. Yes, I am concerned about the power play. We let The a Devils power play had no movement today. No, no, like no. ESPN it was like night and day seeing the Anaheim power play and the Devils power play. Can I talk about the Devils power play for a quick second? Before what well, uh, yes, yes, but let me yes. just give my 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 opinions first. So, okay. Uh ESPN put up this stat because the Devils were like in the power play four times and then this was when they were doing their fifth. They only had like two or three shots on goal. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Are you kidding me? We've been in the power play that many times and we and we've only gotten two shots on goal on Gibson? Are you serious?" Oh, you know what the worst part about that was? The worst part is you guys outshot us in the power play at one point. You outshot us in the power play. I'm just like, what? This is not last year's Ducks power play, but we'll get to that in a second. First, um, the no movement for the Devils power play, they were just going side to side or behind the net. There was no movement there. Those shots on goal on the Devils power play were not even good high quality shots. There was maybe one high danger chance on all the Devils power plays combined, and that was it. They were putting no pressure on Gibson. No pressure on the defense. And even when they tried to get a puck across the blue line, they failed. They failed absolutely, which resulted in a shorthanded goal. So we, we, we tried promoting Mercer to like, you know, one of the top units on our uh, uh, on our specialty teams. And I was just like, it's about time. And yeah. it's not working. Slowly but surely, Mercer is, you know, moving up his ranks in terms of where he stands with the Devils organization. But I said this in my last show, and I'm going to save this for a full-length episode. I said, it's time for the Devils to make drastic moves. It's time to bring back Alexander Holtz from the AHL because he had a good few scrimmages. It's time to bring him up because we need some sort of firepower. And we're not getting it currently with the players we have on the rink. Can I just mention this? Devils right now, they're 27th in power play percentage. 13%. 27th. That's actually better than I, I anticipated. I expected us to be like 30 or 32nd. Well, they're not they're not the coyotes or the golden knights well I mean, still, the, the golden knights still haven't scored a power play goal this season no. there's a little there's a little running joke between myself and locked on kings host Sarah avampato have the vegas golden knights scored a power play goal yet no 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 because screw vegas but in arizona that's a dumpster fire upon a dumpster fire but can i talk about the ducks power play go ahead you I had my chance it's your turn all right, so the Ducks power play right now is seventh in the league at a 26.3% clip. If fans recall last season, the Ducks were not only bad on the power play, they were historically bad on the power play last season because they were, you know what place they were last season in the power play, Trey? No, I don't. Dead last. The Ducks were... I thought we were dead, dead last, quite honestly, because I, I, our power play... Oh, the Devils, the Devils' power play was great compared to the Ducks' last season. The I, Ducks that, that wound up... I thought when no one would ever say, great Devils, great power play. Oh, the Ducks' power play percentage last season was 8.9%. That's historically bad, as in worst all-time. 
all time. And it's completely night and day. And I have to look at the assistant coach, uh, Ward, who's really done a great job with that power play. And also a little bit of props to coach uh, Stuthers. Mike Stuthers, who was the head coach for the Ontario Reign a few years ago. I still love the fact that Dallas Eakins and Mike Stuthers are on the same coaching staff when they were kind of enemies a few years ago in the AHL. But that's beside the point. Uh, the biggest thing for the Ducks, as far as the power play, is not just the movement, it's the movement, as I like to say, across the Royal Road. So for those that are not aware, a pass across the Royal Road means that it crosses over the slot area, not across ice pass along the blue line, not around the horn behind the net. It's directly in that slot area when you go back and forth, left to right. The Ducks have more of those Royal Road passes this season than they've had on the power play, maybe in the last two to three seasons. And it starts with Trevor Zegers, who's on the power play unit. Ryan Getzloff, he's doing a fantastic job utilizing that big body of his and getting effective passes through the slot. And of course, Troy Terry, the Wunder Kid, and you know what I'm going to say, Trey, as I always say this, let the kids play. Well, let Lindy, Ruff, play. Lindy Ruff is not taking that mentality this year to let the kids play. He is taking no prisoners. Tom Fitzgerald, the GM, is the same way. If them kids make a mistake, they get demoted. They get moved down. With uh, Sharon Govich, one of our top uh, guys last season, projected to have a big season this year and take a few steps forward. I said it in my show, bottom six player now. And if well, that's what I'm afraid of with the Ducks. I'm afraid because last season, Dallas Eakins infamously benched Trevor Zegras several times. Zegras got sent down to San Diego. You know, Zegras made one or two mistakes and he was immediately benched. So I'm always a little bit afraid of that with Dallas Eakins on the bench and with GM Bob Murray. I mean, they're essentially lame Ducks right now. Bob Murray's in the last year of his contract. Eakins in the last year of his contract as well. But looking at the Troy Terry and Ryan Getzloff connection, I think they finally hit on something there. And also the connection between Trevor Zegers and Simon Milano on that other unit. If they can continue to utilize those lines together, then the Ducks, dare I say this, could still be a top 10 power play team. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying those words. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the last four seasons, the last four seasons, the Ducks have been among the bottom 10 in power play percentage goals, all kinds of stupid stats like that all over the place. Oh, and by the way, big plus to the Ducks for not allowing 40 shots finally in this game. <laughs> Woo. Oh, you're making me feel worse. Jason, buddy, you're, 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 you're killing me. Oh, the, the Ducks had been panned for allowing 43 shots, 43 shots, 42. They've allowed 40 shots multiple times this season, and it's about time the defense finally stuck down and said, no, we need to do something. We can't allow all these shots on goal left and right. We can't allow something like 20-something high-danger chances per game. Just can't do that. Otherwise, John Gibson's going to tase his team. You know, get the taser out. But it had today, to come against the devil's expense. Yeah. By the way, the amount of high-danger chances for the Devils today, only eight. eight yeah. high-danger chances. Okay, only eight, but still, that's eight opportunities to get at least one on the board. Yeah, but Gibby was on it. He, he was on one tonight. 
which again yeah. goes unnoticed because of El Capitan yeah, yeah. and Troy Terry. I'm going to make that nickname stick. He is no longer Ryan Getzloff. His name from now on is Capitan Getzloff for the at least the rest of the month. So, uh, it so. I want to talk some good for the Devils real quick. So um, uh, Graves and Severson led our uh, teams in blocks. So, so uh, the, the person who led your team in blocks was um, uh, Manson, who also had six hits. Mm-hmm. So Man- Manson was kind of all over the place tonight. So I, I want to, I, I really want to just give the Devils some, you know, props and, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, uh, I, it's kind of hard because this, this loss was ugly. So mm-hmm. Ryan Graves, I guess he's the player of the game just because he tried his best. He also had a, a, a takeaway. He only had one hit, but I, I think Graves and Severson did the best they could potentially do. Dougie Hamilton got hurt within the first 10 or so minutes. The Devils played well, like for the first, you know, half of period number one. <laughs> that was about it. And that was about it. I, yeah. It, it happened when Dougie Hamilton went, went to the bench for, for an injury and ESPN didn't report it until like period number three. They didn't even put a graph up until period number three, if I recall correctly. I want to say so bad that my player of the game was Troy Terry. But my player of the game is going to be El Capitan. It's going to be Ryan Getzloff. Uh, he just came off of a game where he broke the franchise record for most points for the Ducks. 989. Now it's 992. He is eight points away from 1,000 points. So good for the future Hall of Famer. Well, if you had to rate this game for the Ducks, what would you rate it? I would rate it a 9.5. The only thing that would have made it a 10 was if Terry got a hat trick. Well, usually I, it. usually I do letter grades for my... Um, oh, letter letter grade? Um, I'll give it an A. Solid A. Okay. I'll be on the other side of the spectrum. F for the Devils. Just yeah. pathetic. Pathetic. Yep. Like, just, just pathetic effort. They only played well for half of the first period they had five power play opportunities and they somehow some way got outshot by the ducks in in, in a power play opportunity and it, it they just had no fight no aggression no ambition uh london strom's uh backhanded goal spin around which <laughs> i'll give him credit the spin around was actually pretty nice but that back was. was weak like it was so weak that there's no way that should have went into the twine there's no way. Like I had a heart attack and I'm just like, that's the final straw. They let up two power play goals and then albeit one of them was a five on three. And then they let up a shorthanded goal. So that's unacceptable. The specialty teams. I've been saying this so many times. I, I've said this for over a year, the devil's specialty teams suck. So if I had to rate, how do you think I feel? How do you think I felt last season and the year before that and the year before that? Well, okay. I, I, I get it, but still it's, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's awful. Oh, um, it is. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Devils, and I'm being very generous. An F. Okay. Um, I just want to kind of just say on my behalf. I'll repeat what I said before. I've said for years, the Ducks need to tap into that Latino market. They absolutely do. Tonight was a great start. You had the Spanish broadcast. You had. The mariachis come out and do the national. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Trey, but the mariachis did the national anthem today at the Ponda. It was really, really cool. You got to check that out, man. I'll check it out. 
Yeah. So great job all around on the theming. I hope we see more of these nights. I really do. I don't. And I, and I hope. Well, well, well yeah, for the terms of style play. Yeah. And I hope that Kevin Shattenkirk can keep up this resurrection because, you know, last summer he signed that three-year deal with about 3.9 million AAV. Last season, Ducks fans were saying, oh, that's a worthless contract. Complete 180 this season. Kevin Shattenkirk is worth every bit of that this season. Hopefully, Shatty can keep it up. Well, hopefully it's not at the devil's expense. So, Jason, thank you once again for doing this. Had a had a blast talking to you. And uh, we'll see you again. We'll see you again. Muy bien. Gracias. Muy bien and gracias to all of my faithful listeners. I hope you guys enjoyed this crossover between me and Jason of Locked on Ducks. It was a blast. Despite that ugly loss from the New Jersey Devils, it's still nice to talk to someone just to, I guess, uh, rant at and ease the pain a little bit. So that made me feel better. Hopefully it made you feel better. So anyway, as for this episode, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening once again. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Once again, ugly loss by the New Jersey Devils. Hopefully they make some changes and hopefully we get some good news within the next day or two before we take on the LA Kings. So once again, go Devils and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Gracias once again. Hasta luego, amigos.